This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Well, at least it was a fun one. Middle-aged man grumbled about only one NHL game on the board last night. <laughs> Ottawa Senators go down 3 nothing at the hands of the National Predators in the first period. But don't fret because it was, checks notes, Parker Kelly with a first intermission speech that roused the troops. Three goals later were tied. One overtime goal later from Claude Giroux and the Ottawa Senators defeat the Nashville Predators. What is Dennis Gurianov thinking on that pass, by the way? Woof. Um, I don't know that in this generation, just as an aside, there has been a player with more raw skill that has not been actualized in any way, shape, or form than Dennis Gurianov. That guy should be so good and should be a star in this league. But, da, 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 da. Fun game last night, eh? Uh, I feel really good for Jonas Corposalo coming off that loss against the New York Rangers on Saturday where he looked woof uh, coming in in relief yesterday and shutting the door for the Ottawa Senators in the proverbial win they needed to have. That was the only game on the board. That was the only thing you got treated to last night around the NHL. And tonight we have a grand total of two more. Two more games this evening. And the games themselves may not be the juiciest. They may not be the most entertaining. But a lot of the teams involved have a lot of interesting storylines around them. And we'll get into some of them with Elliot Friedman here in a couple of moments from 32 Thoughts in Hockey Night in Canada. Columbus Blue Jackets will be facing off against the St. Louis Blues tonight. Don't look now. But the Blues are, quote-unquote, right there in the playoff picture. How much staying power do they have? How much uh, upward, uh, how much ascent power do they have? Can they really do this? And the question then becomes is, if you hang around a playoff spot long enough, I know there's an excitement and certainly from the fans' point of view, a desire to do something at trade deadline. But what we've seen with Doug Armstrong before, general manager of the St. Louis Blues, if he doesn't think his team has it, He punts and makes no bones about it. The Blues will continue to be one of the more intriguing teams come trade deadline time, Uh, as will the Columbus Blue Jackets, and there are some unhappy prospects. There is one very injured prospect in Adam Fantilli. The grumbly prospect is David Juracek. We'll get into that in a couple of moments. That one... That one seems like it's a powder keg and might be ready to explode in a season where... The Columbus Blue Jackets probably don't need any more headlines. Like, please, enough with the headlines. Please, this is, you know, this is um, this is water torture at this point for the for the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, whether it is the Elvis Muslikens uh, trade request, um, whether it is now this David Juracek situation. The drama all began in the offseason with Mike Babcock. Oh, yeah, and then there's all the losing, too. And the questioning of everybody at every single position. And we'll see what happens in the offseason if those decisions can be put off until the offseason. So that's one game. The other game, like it's all-star bye week, folks. All these teams have to have their have their week off right now. Uh, the Seattle Kraken face off against the San Jose Sharks. And some really interesting comments. Uh, from Tomas Hurdle of the San Jose Sharks. Curtis Prashalka's piece um, has Hurdle saying this when he's asked about his future. Because let's be honest. Hang on, let me grab a coffee. Let's be honest here about the San Jose Sharks. This is all eyes on Macklin Celebrini at this point. If Macklin Celebrini is not in teal this time next season, 
This season will be a real loss. This is all about the lottery win at this point, folks. And so we know that they're open for business come trade deadline time. Everything, or maybe almost everything, must go, go, go from the San Jose Sharks. So here's Thomas Hurdle. These are some interesting comments here because of all the players that you wonder about, I mean, he's locked into a long-term contract. It seems as if they're looking to build sort of a lot of what they're doing around him. But since he's been there and, you know, signed the extension at all, he's seen the departure of Brent Burns. He's seen the departure of Eric Carlson. And then last year he saw the departure of Timo Meyer. Here's what Hurdle told uh, Curtis Pashalka. Uh, it's not an easy situation where we are. We know that. We will see. It's probably not for now, but definitely after the season. Again, what are the plans here long term? You want to help and play your best. I'm here. It's my home. But at the same time, you want to help the team and wherever Greer thinks is the best. Maybe he says the best is to trade me now and get something. I don't know, but I'm just focusing to be best when I'm on the ice right now. That is Tomas Hurdle on his future with the San Jose Sharks. And with that, we bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Fridge. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Merrick? Uh, I'm well, Mr. Friedman. I'm not sure that uh, Tomas Hurdle is very well right now. Some interesting comments uh, to Curtis Pashelka about his future with the San Jose Sharks. You know, as, as we run yep. down, you know, the sort of, you know, once we get past All-Star, it's going to be all eyes on trade deadline, obviously, and we're running down, okay, buyer, seller, maybe, not sure. We'll see what the schedule says. We'll see how they play. I mean, it's clear what San Jose is is doing this season. I mean, they will be a seller, and it's all eyes on Michael and Celebrini, get them back yep. to the Bay Area, et cetera. How, um, how hands-off do you think Tomas Hurdle is? Because he makes it sound like, well, maybe Mike Greer wants to trade me and maybe thinks that that's best for the team. Now, he does have some protection as well, we should point out, but what do you make of the comments from Tomas Hurdle if you, you heard them while you were on hold there? Well, you know what? He, uh, he said they came through Toronto a few weeks ago and uh, him and Logan Couture both kind of said similar things. Um, this he, there he's going a little more in depth into it. I think the toughest thing is with the capping where it is this year. It's a tough move to make in season. Like I don't know that there's a lot of teams that are going to be able to handle that uh, in season. So that's the first question I have. But you know the one thing I really believe is that San San Jose they're willing to consider just about anything, right? I think like if they have prospects who they believe are a big part of their future. They're not going to do anything with them. They're obviously not trading away high picks or frivolous picks. But other than that, I think they're pretty much, hey, you got an idea? Give us a call. And they've got a lot of guys whose contracts are up who they'd be willing to move for whether it's a draft pick or a prospect. So, like, I, I, and I think the league knows that. So I, I think if there's anybody who's interested in a hurdle or a couture, and as you said, they've got some protection they know to call the Sharks and make their pitch. And, you know, like, and we'll see where it goes. It's just that in Hurdle's case, I think it's a really tough one to do in season. I'm with you on that one. So let's fast forward to the off season and let me be completely irresponsible at this. And again and again, yeah. this is just me spitballing and wondering where there could be a fit. Okay, this is not a report. This is just yeah. me reading this and saying, no, okay, I, if he's going to go somewhere, it. where, where, 
Aggregators, <laughs> get ready. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Get ready to radio. What do you call it? Radio me? Get ready to radio yeah. me on this one. Radio yourself, you know what I see yeah. Being, you, know what I see being, you, know what I, you know what I see being a fit here? And What's it wouldn't that? be Marks from going the other way. It would, be, it would be Dan Vladar, Calgary. I mean, we all know what the score with Lindholm is here. We all know that this yeah. isn't a team that's going to take a large step backwards. This is a team that still wants to remain competitive as they bring in uh, some of their younger prospects. So you're going to lose Lindholm and his cap hit as well. Maybe other players, depending on what happens come trade deadline time. I don't know. That's the, that's the one that, that jumps out at me. And again... I don't think that's a Markstrom deal. I think it's more of a Vladar deal. But could you, and maybe it takes some squinting, but could you see a fit there? You know, it's not the worst idea you've ever come up with. I I have to say that. um, It actually does make some sense. It it actually does make some sense. Um, You know, I I think the real challenge of a situation like the one San Jose's in (laughs) is that... Um, when you're rebuilding like this, um, and you're a new GM, and you're trying to sell the French, the fan base on, we've got a plan here, and we're going to make this work. Um, you know, the trades yeah. like the Hurdle deal, or let's just say, for argument's sake, they ever wanted to move Logan Couture. I mean, we'll see. But like those kinds of trades, yeah. you have to come across as winning them, right? And so, yeah. you know, you really have to get yeah. something uh, that make like. You know, you can say, okay, we're clearing the cap room, which is important, and I know that you talk about that a lot, but San Jose doesn't have a lot of commitments, and Hurdle is a big piece in the eyes of the fans. So, like, that, like I think Calgary could potentially make a lot of sense there. I, I like your thinking on this, uh, Jeff, but I just think for San Jose, you're, if you're trading a guy like that, you're, you know, you have to send a message to your fans. It's for a reason. Now, I thought you were going to say Boston. Uh, I thought, I think, like, when I, when I think about that, it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, the one thing about Boston is, uh, again, I have no idea how they could do it in season. This is just the two of us spitballing. You know, I, I think Hurdle's got a lot of respect around the league. Uh, you know, I, I think some of the challenges that players like him face is that, and I do hear this all the time, it's like, you know, when, when is the last time he played a meaningful game? Like, they worry. Do you, do you get into a place where, you know, San Jose was in the Western Conference Final in 2019. Since then, it's turned, and people start to say, oh, boy, it's been a while since he played in a meaningful game. Now, that's not always the player's fault, and it's not always a problem, but I know some teams do worry about it. All right, um, San Jose and Seattle. Uh, that is one of the two games on the board this evening. Before we get to Columbus and St. Louis, and there's a lot of issues yeah. with Columbus, comma, again, Elliot, what did you make yeah. of last night? And I don't know about you, but I would love to hear this Parker Kelly first intermission speech that got the Ottawa Senators uh, going here, like, uh, of you know, uh, probably an, an unknown candidate to deliver that, but nonetheless, um, whatever works for you. Uh, Ottawa goes down three bagel. They come storming back in the second. Uh, a horrible pass by Denis Gurianov to Roman Yossi, and Ottawa's going back the other way. Claude Giroux scores a goal. The Sens win. Happy for the team. Really happy for Jonas Corposalo in the process yep. as well. Your thoughts on what we saw yesterday on, on Rogers Monday Night Hockey? Well, you know, I, I think that, well, first of all, I was like everybody else after the first intermission. I was like, man, I I feel bad for Amber. Yeah. I can hear the remotes going click. Uh, normally, it's just Dave's commentary that does that. This was like the way the first period oh goes. 
And, um, oh and so, like, you know, I, but, you know, they, they, they had good programming last night, like the Sauce Pass Challenge. I, I really enjoyed that. And watching yeah. Justin Williams. It just remind, first of all, it just reminds you how skilled these guys are. And it, it doesn't really go yeah. away. Like, it, it really doesn't. But anyway, um, you know, that was a big comeback for the Sanders. Like, Gord Stellick's old line is, if you're going to stink, stink on the road, right? And I've always yeah. liked that uh, line from Gord. And you've got that start. And, you, you, I mean, your fans go home happy. And that's important. But, you know, the one thing is, when I, when I heard it was Parker Kelly... Like, I probably had the same reaction as everybody else's. Like, wow, like, you go down the list of guys in that room, and, and if you were going to pick who gave, like, the big speech, he wouldn't be a high pick. But, you know, the one thing I, I thought about is sometimes you, like, if the same person is doing it all the time, it gets stale, right? And True. It, yeah. It, it, it gets stale. And sometimes the best thing that can happen is that someone you don't expect uh, is the person who does it. And people look up and they're like, well, that's different, or that's a different voice, or how exciting is this? And uh, like, oh, it's nice, someone else jumped up. So, like, I don't know if Parker Kelly's done it before. I don't know if it was the first time. But sometimes that's effective. Uh-huh. If it's not Giroux, or it's not Kachuk, or it's someone a little bit different. So, fun game last night. Uh, that is, if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, not so great if you're in Nashville. You know, Barry Trotz was on this program last week, and, you know, we had the conversation about, you know, trade deadline approaching, what are you open to? And a lot of the conversation revolved around the obvious, which is the players decide. The players decide which direction we're going, but Trotz did say we're prepared to be one, like, we're prepared to be both, either the buyer or either the seller as well. It was interesting, too. You know, he referenced uh, the reports from last year. And listen, I'm a guilty party. I was one of them. The reports from last year that talked about him, you know, looking to move up into the draft, maybe get as high as four. Um, uh, I believe that, you know, the netminder Yaroslav Askarov was was part of that offer or package from Nashville. And, you know, he brought it up and didn't dispute it. You know, he talked about, you know, other deals that he's had out there before, almost sort of chumming the waters in a lot of ways. And he's said this elsewhere subsequent to chumming the waters for Nashville, maybe doing something big at trade deadline. Can you see Nashville being one of the teams that does something big, Elliot, at deadline? Well, I mean, like when Pierre comes out with a report like he did a couple of weeks ago that they would trade Soros of Byfield uh, was like the kind of return. Like those things don't come out by accident. Yeah. Like you know, you're not making that up out of thin air. So um, what that says to me is that um, you know he's let it be known that if there are good young players available for some of his veterans, not all of them, uh, some of his veterans he would absolutely consider yeah. it. So, you know, that's kind of the way I, I look at it, is um, that they're, you know, they, they're looking for, uh, they've given some of their young talent an opportunity to play this year. Some of them have done well, and some of them haven't. Like, the tough one is, you know, for this them this year has been, you know, Cody Glass. And this is a talented guy who took a step last year but he's really struggled this year. So now if you're Nashville, you're kind of looking like, okay, what are we dealing with? But look, I I think Barry Trotz has sent out, they went out this year and they surprised people by going out and and signing O'Reilly and Shen, right? And, you know, they're they're in the race. 
they are in the race. That was a bad point for them to give up last night, but they are in the race. And I, but I think they're looking at big picture. And if, and I don't think Trotz is unwilling to do something big if it's the kind of young piece that he thinks can really help him. Okay, back to the uh, the Ottawa Senators, and even just going back to the Steve Steos press conference where he talked about being, you know, disappointed that Jacob Chikrin's name is out there and being discussed as a potential uh, candidate to be moved. You know, I, I went back to the uh, to the notes from from uh, from before Chikrin was traded, and you can recall what Chikrin watch uh, was like around the NHL. It was like a year and a half uh, from your initial report to when he when he finally got moved. And there were teams like L.A. and St. Louis and the Islanders, the Rangers, the Boston Bruins, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not sure if I'm leaving any off or if you have any to add to that list. Um, But I am curious if Chikrin is still potentially in play here. And again, I'm not 100% on that. But if he is in play... You know, we're going to watch the St. Louis Blues tonight. I was making the point off the top of the show that, listen, St. Louis is right in there. Uh, We've seen Doug Armstrong surprise us before. Even if his team is in a playoff picture, he'll punt if he doesn't feel that the the mix is right or if he doesn't feel he has a team to do something. But, you know, if St. Louis is able to get there and trade deadline rolls around, you know, could you wonder about, you know, them re, you know, rekindling their interest in someone like Jacob Trickwin? Are there still some likely candidates going back to the first Chickren watch that you think would still be interested, Elliot? How many times do you want Steve Stales to yell at me this week? Uh, you know, I... Wow. Uh, <laughs> My job. <laughs> well, you know what? Like... like <laughs> like I think the chicken thing honestly is about is about the cap as much as anything else. Um, you know, I, I think Ottawa look, yeah. like you can see where this is going. You Chickren's a year away from another contract and you know, there's only so much money you can pay everyone. So I really think that that is what this Congress and people can read the tea leaves and they can see uh that Hey, um, he, he's going to want to raise. So, what are we dealing with here? And that's why I think this conversation is is coming out. Um, you know, I, I look at it this way with St. Louis. Doug Armstrong had a lot. It, it is eerie how the like. I don't. Like, I, I, I could always be surprised. I don't think the Blues are winning the Stanley Cup this year. But it is eerie how similar this is to two thousand. And 19, in the sense that they look done. Hmm. He had a lot of players on the market, and um, he like he like that year he sent out like a famous Christmas list note on the GM's chat, like Christmas sale on some of his players. And this year, earlier in the year, yeah. he had a lot out there. He had a lot out there, and he obviously didn't do much. Uh, and so what do we have now? Um, we have a team that's off the mat, a team that's making a run at it. But, and you're right, I think Armstrong's fearless. He'll do what he thinks is right. But the bottom line is that I think right now he probably lets them play a bit because what it does is it puts a shine on some of their players. And if they fall back out or he doesn't, or he gets a good offer, Maybe people think differently about some of the players than they did before. We'll see. 
we'll see. I mean, also, don't forget, he's got a lot of guys with uh, protection there. Like Tory Krug, he already True. turned down one trade to, to Philly. Colton yep. Pareko has protection. Like a, a lot of these guys have protection. Okay, while we're talking, something just happened. Okay, what happened? So, the air. The Arizona Coyotes. So this may seem frivolous, but I'm going to ask you a serious question coming out of it. So okay. the Sesame Street character, I can't believe here we are. I'm talking about Sesame Street on this program. Oh, because Sesame Elmo Street character yesterday? Elmo sent out the tweet, Elmo checking in, how is everybody doing? Yeah. To which the Arizona Coyotes responded, just need a Stanley Cup and a home, but other than that, couldn't be better. How, okay. <laughs> first of all, I didn't see that. Great job, social media for the Arizona Coyotes. Second of all, how will that be received internally, maybe by ownership? And what is going on with Arizona now, Elliot? Well, uh, I'm going on uh, actually Craig Morgan's uh, podcast today. Uh, with, Saw that, uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Steve Peters. Uh, so you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about all this stuff, and uh, um, so. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, like, we were under the impression that this was kind of a soft deadline this week, uh, right around the All-Star yeah. game. That we, and, and like I said to you on the pod last week, we have learned over the years that Arizona deadlines, they can shift. Look, Bettman's meeting with, uh, with the media uh, on Friday. I'm just waiting to see what he has to say. As far as we know, there's nothing imminent. There's been talk a lot about uh, a piece of land that they're going to bid on. Um, I, like, I'm not an expert in these things, but I don't think that is necessarily a short process. And also, as we've learned uh, with the vote last year, nothing here is a guarantee. Even if people think it looks positive, it's, it's not a guarantee. What I really believe is this, is that the NHL knows it has another option. Um, I don't think anyone wants the Coyotes to go into next year, even in Arizona, without a plan. As a matter of fact, they'd like a plan yeah. now. I just don't know if they're going to get it. And the other thing is, as I said on the pod, and I had a couple of Coyotes fans send me DMs about it, and I'll reiterate it, I do believe that even if the Coyotes leave – it's not the end of Arizona as an NHL market. I think the league considers... I believe that. It's one, it's one of the biggest markets that. in the United States. And I think that they, if they leave, they will endeavor to solve mm -hmm. the arena problem. Maybe it's the Phoenix Suns, and they will go back. That, that I believe, will be their goal. Thank you, Elmo, for leading us into this conversation <laughs> about the Arizona Coyotes and their future. Uh, Elmo, new NHL insider. Um, okay, so tonight, two games. I mentioned Seattle and, and San Jose. You can watch that one on Sportsnet. Early, it's going to be the Columbus Blue Jackets and the team we just talked about, the St. Louis Blues. Um, yeah. Boy, I, I hate to I, I hate to like grab another stick and say, hey, the pinata is still hanging. Have a couple more wax and see if there's more I candy. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. But going, going, back, going back to the offseason, it's just been like just stepping on rakes and stepping on rakes and stepping on rakes. And a lot of it isn't their fault. A lot of it is, um, you know, we have David Juracek who's upset that he's not playing like um, Simon Nemich or Kevin Korczynski is. Yeah. Uh, we have a what looked to be like a horrible injury 
uh, to Adam Fantilli in that game the other night. Fingers yeah. are, are crossed me. It sounds yeah. like they dodged a bullet, I think, Elliot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You certainly hope so for Fantilli and the Columbus Blue Jackets. We have the Elvis Merzlikens trade request. We have general unhappiness. We have a team in the basement. We have everybody wondering about every single position, both on yeah. and off the ice here towards the offseason. We wonder about trade deadline. Boy, I don't know. I don't know how much more candy is going to come out of this pinata. What do you think? Well, you know, the one thing I just wanted to add on today is that, as you know, when, when a story breaks like that one did on Sunday from Aaron Porchline, you know what starts circling? The vultures. And I think there were sure. a number of and, – and I think there was a question about, okay, does this mean Yurisek wants to trade or he's going to be traded or anything like that? And I think privately, and we'll see what they do publicly, but I think privately – the Blue Jackets have really pushed back against this. And they have told teams they're not dealing him, that they consider him a very big part of their future. Um, you know, that, uh, that the, what they are doing here is purely about what they think is best for Yurisek as a player. Um, they, are playing, they, they, they have argued that they are playing no political games with him. Um, you, know, you know, one of the things I said to someone, and we talked about it a bit on the pod, was, when you tell a player that they are uh, that they should get a place and they're staying in the NHL, um, you know now apparently, and I have not heard this from Eurocheck or representation, but apparently one of the things that Columbus has indicated they told them is that if it didn't go well, they reserve the right to send them back down, and and which is what has happened here in this particular case because he's not playing and they want him to play. And, I, you know, it's just yeah. I, like, so, look, I, I've heard this. I, I don't have it confirmed, but, but I've heard this. I'm just talking in the broader point. The broader yeah. point is, like, you know, like, it's, I was talking to a couple other GMs about this, and they go, this is why, like, some teams really don't like telling guys to get a place or they wait longer than perhaps sometimes the agent or the player would like. Because True. even if you yeah. even if you tell them that, like if it doesn't work, you're going back down. Um, in their minds, they're there. They've got their place. They've got their spot. They're in the NHL, and it's hard to go backwards. And the one thing I really do think about this, and I, I do think about it a lot, is this is a hard league. Like young players, not everybody's Connor Bedard. Not everybody's Connor McDavid. You go up and you go down. Yeah. And this kid's going to be a hell of a player, and he's a really good player. And Columbus just believes, look, like, um, you know, I have no problem with anything the kid said. He was honest. Um, he's not blasting it all over Twitter. He did it in, a, in, I thought, a really mature way. But what a couple other teams said to me was, the biggest challenge you've got here is that when you tell someone you've got a place you're here, they never think about going backwards. And that's, and I said, look, they, 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 and there could be nothing nefarious here. And it doesn't sound like there's anything nefarious here, but it's tough for the kid to hear yeah. you're in the NHL. Now we need you to go to the A to play a few years. But I want to reiterate Columbus has told teams this kid's not going anywhere. He's a big part of their future. You know, that's a really interesting point, Elliot. You know, one of the things, like, we always talk about sort of benchmarks for players, your first game, um, you know, and we, and we get to 
you know, your first one-way contract, which is a huge one for players. And I think the one thing, to your point, that we don't pay enough attention to, mainly because it's not publicized, right? Like, we all know what's, what's happening with contracts. But you're right. Like, when you get a housing card from a team, that's huge. Like, yeah. when you get the housing card, like, that is an enormous moment of, ach- of, a, of, of achievement for a hockey player. It just doesn't get publicized, so we don't know about it. But internally... You know, the guys all know, certainly you do. Like, the housing card's a big one, Elliot. I, th- I think you're bang yeah. on on that one. When you get that you card, know, it's huge. You know, like, so this year, like, uh, around, so I'll tell you a funny story. So this year, there was a rookie who was doing pretty well around Christmas. And, um, uh, and like, so I, 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 I called the GM, and I said, look, like, there's a trade freeze on. There's not a lot, not a lot to talk about for the show tonight. So I'm just asking if you told this player to get a house yet. And he goes, no, I, I haven't. I, I'm very careful of that. Same guy I told, spoke to yesterday. He says, I'm very careful of that. Um, you know, I, I don't like to do it before it's ready. And I said, oh, I totally understand. But I was looking for like a good little Christmas story. Like rookie gets his first housing card and he knows he's in the NHL. And the guy paused and he goes, thanks. Now you're making me feel like the Grinch. But you know, he just said, like, he, he, he just said, like, you know, like, uh, it, it's something I really try to be careful about because of this. And we spoke yesterday. He goes, that's the exact situation you worry about. And it's not like the team is yeah. trying to do anything bad by the player. It's just that you're like, yeah. you want, like, you, like, I, like, people, GMs talk about this all the time. When we call a kid up, we want to know we're never going to have to send him down. Like, that's the kind of thing. Yep. Okay, real quick. Um, today is the one-year anniversary of? Oh, off the top of my head, I got no idea. What is it? The Bo Horvat trade. Today oh, really? is the one-year anniversary of, yeah, the one-year anniversary of the Bo Horvat trade, oh. Vancouver. And All New right, York it was right around Here we are. One, yeah, yeah, right. right yeah. Yep, you remember our... That's right. Um, just a, a quick thought, uh, a year out, just uh, if you can. I don't think we can do anything quickly about Vancouver, but let's give it a shot. Um, quick thought on, on both sides here. I mean, he goes to the Islanders. You know, he gets the the, light, the, the retirement contract, as we, we like to call it. Vancouver Canucks, that story is well told and, and where they're at. You know, how, how do you look back at that whole saga with Horvat and Vancouver and where both sides are at now? Well, I, you know, I, I think Vancouver... Um, you know, it was hard. Like, like that was a really hard process. First of all, it's Vancouver, so nothing happens quietly, right? Like, it, it, it's yes, very public. Yes. Uh, secondly, um, you know, Vancouver, uh, like their negotiations with Horvat, they were never close. Like, I, I, he, I, I think he always felt their offers came in low, yeah. and they pivoted to Miller right out of nowhere. Um, like, if you remember when Miller signed his extension. There was nothing going on yeah. until like 48, 72 hours before he signed it. And ultimately, Vancouver decided that they had a number that they put on both. It wasn't happening, and they pivoted. And Miller took the number they had. So Vancouver was really the team that kind of expedited this process. They, they tried to sign him. They tried to sign him. They tried to sign him on their terms. And when it didn't work out, they changed their minds. Like, look, like, it, it's... It's been, it's been wild how well it's worked out for Vancouver in the sense that they committed their money elsewhere. It's worked well for them this year. They're a top team in the NHL. 
Um, like, you know what, if they had Horvat now, the wild thing about it is, if you really look at it, Jeff, the player they're looking for now is almost like Horvat. Uh, someone who can 100%. score, someone who can Absolutely. score, who can play multiple positions on a top six role. So, like, I kind of look at it now, and I'm like, if this had worked out, like, we wouldn't be, Vancouver wouldn't be in all these trade rumors right now. They'd be in, well, probably different kinds of trade rumors, but like they, like they would have the kind, <laughs> they would have you. the kind of player that they'd be looking for, right? Yeah. And so that's the most yep. amazing thing about it. Like, look, like I think, I think the Islanders are are very happy with it in the sense that he's playing with a lot with Barzell. They're a good combination. Yeah. Look, I just think overall the Islanders would much rather be in a different place in the standings. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, uh, that was a long one. On that, we'll let you go. Uh, thanks as always. You know, All Star festivities getting underway in Toronto in the not too distant future. Uh, very much look forward to that, and we will catch up with you on Thursday, Elliot. All right. Uh, thank, uh, you know what? We've got interviews uh, all day Thursday, so I don't know what. Oh is yes, happen. we do. So we'll figure. We'll we got figure interviews all Thursday. I, I, I'm gonna have oh, to wait, try to race back here Friday. to do at least part of the show. Our interviews are Friday, actually. Are we, they not? No, you're right. It's Friday, not Thursday. Not Thursday. We got so, something to do. I'll, you and I have something to do on Thursday. I don't, I don't think we're allowed to talk about it right now, but you and I are doing something on Thursday. That's right. I'll speak to you then.